We are Sarah and Laura. We are doulas, mothers, women, wives, and entrepreneurs. We love a lot of things. The gym, food, coffee, health, kombucha, our families, and our friends. We are so committed to being authentic, honest, and vulnerable and showing up here just the way we are. We promise to never positive wash anything, but please know that we are wholeheartedly committed to radically thriving. With this podcast, we hope to connect on a deeper level and talk about hard stuff. Ultimately, we want women and mothers to know deeply who they are and what makes them feel happy. Whether you're getting into a bath or taking us on a walk with you, or maybe you're commuting to work, we are honored that you chose our podcast to listen to. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Laura. <laughs> Last time we recorded, we said we were going to come up with a new way to welcome people. We still haven't. I know. It's just going to be a continuation of the old. <laughs> you hated the one I did last time, so I wasn't well, going to yell, what's that? Oh, your ear yeah. Again. It was really loud. I feel like people would have taken out their ear pods and thrown them. <laughs> I mean, we'll find out in September when we True hear it. When our <laughs> listenership goes pew in the toilet. All right. So today we have Lily Bewley uh, on our podcast, who is a feminine dating coach with over 10 years of experience. Woo! So much more dating experience than either you or I have. We have none. We have none. We have <laughs> no dating Unless you count, like we, people probably think we dated each other. So maybe, but we didn't. Um, so she herself went from just surviving in life to thriving in love and purpose, which is fitting for our radically thriving oh, podcast. I love this. It's so perfect. Currently, she's helping women who are single and struggling dating with confidence so that they can find that epic, magnetic, extraordinary love with their soulmate. She's on a mission to educate people on how dating can be fun again after a divorce, even in their 30s, 40s, and even if they've been single forever. We have the ability to create magnetic energy in our dating lives, even if we have to perform and be high achievers in other areas of our lives. Over hundreds of coaching hours, her love method for finding epic love and her date to soulmate blueprint, how to attract your dream partner without the drama, guide women to find the fulfillment and joy in the dating process and in finding their person. Mm. Hi, Lily. Welcome. Hi, I'm excited to be here. I have to say this is I'm a first for me is doing a double interview on, you know, being interviewed oh. by two people. So I'm excited about this dynamic and seeing what happens. Oh yeah. It gets messy. It gets messy. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I love the mess. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we talk over each other. <laughs> we I, do our best. We feel bad for our listeners sometimes. So we were in the birth world, obviously. And a lot of times we interview couples who have had a birth with us and then it's four voices. Mm -hmm. So I find that, but usually you have one male. So yes. then it's easy to it's hear easier to but... decipher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be this love guru. Oh, girls. Yes. Um, so, you know, I kind of transmuted all of the pain that I've been to in or been through into purpose. Um, and I always like to say that I, I have a big heart. Like I was born with a big heart, you know, like, you know, when I was younger, I like wanted to be a veterinarian, you know, all this stuff. I was very, you know, kind and caring was, I think my essence um, was kind and caring and loving. And throughout my growth and my journey um, in relationship and in love, um, you know, you know, 
that my household that I grew up in, there was a lot of over and covert abuse and trauma. Um, what I started to learn throughout my journey, high school, middle school, high school, college, 20s, 30s, etc., cetera, um, was that I didn't know how. I hadn't learned the skill um, as to how to know how who to invite into my heart. So mm-hmm. what ended up happening was that I would, and then when I talk about this, like my specialty is, is in romance and dating, but this could be anything. This could be job. This could be money. This could be friendships. This could be family, but I didn't learn this skill and it wasn't my fault. And, you know, we can talk about that some more, um, to learn how to decipher who is good for me and who was not. Um, I, you know, I went through a lot of pain, you know, the last long-term relationship that I was in was eight years on and off, uh, four or five times. We lived in like four or five different places, really chaotic. Um, it was physically, uh, dangerous for me, emotionally dangerous, all of the things. And I really got to a point where my first kind of big aha was, I got to a point where I had achieved everything in my life that I was supposed to achieve to make me happy. You know, I had the six figures, I had the car, I had the house, I had the relationship that on the outside on Instagram, it looked amazing and dope, but like behind closed doors, it was anything but that, you know, I felt like for lack of a better term, like I felt dead and it did come to a point where I was like, I didn't understand, you know, really kind of deep like dark night of the soul type of type of situation, but I didn't understand that this formula that I had been given, which was like achieve, get validation, look pretty, blah, blah, blah. Like all of this stuff really like led me to a place of, of being unhappy. And I like, that was, it was just so mind boggling to me. Um, And that was kind of when my, I like to say like, like universe, God, creator, whatever word is appropriate and my higher self kind of collided and they tapped me on the shoulder and they're like, Lily, this is not it. There is a better way. And so I kind of, I opened up to a better way. And then I started, you know, it took like decade, you know, like a decade at this point, but it took time for me to open up to like why I was the way I was. Um, you know, it took me, took time to learn the skills. And that's kind of what I teach today is taking women from, you know, a lot of women, especially these days, like most of us and let listen to podcasts or in this community, they know, like they're pretty woke. Like they know, um, they know their attachment style. They know what shadow work is. They know, you know, all of that stuff. But the last kind of edge that I feel like that, that I, what my talent kind of comes in is that what, when we know what we are supposed to be doing, or we know what our label is, or we know like what, what's, what it's supposed to look like, but we can't actualize it in real life, especially in dating. That's like, that's like the last piece that I feel like that a lot of women, successful women are missing because the energy and this is all comes from my experience, right. And like backed up now with hundreds of coaching hours, but, um, it's very hard for a woman to stay aligned in, in dating life. If like she has self-sabotaging patterns and if she has self-sabotaging patterns, she thinks that something's wrong with her or maybe like dating sucks and it doesn't suck. Dating is, I love dating. I'm not only my dating coach, but I'm also dating. So it's a very unique thing that's happening here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's basically kind of how I got to where I was through a lot of pain, realization coming into myself. And then using the system that I used on my clients and then, you know, you know, aligned result after aligned result, 
Mm, There it is. Yeah. Mm. I love that you said you've transmuted your pain into purpose because I often feel like, um, that's where the richness is. Like people who have been in the depths of anything know and have climbed themselves out. That's where there's just such richness and, and knowing because you know, the exact steps you've taken, um, you talked about self-sabotage and I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, where, where are we right now? You, you said about shadows too. Um, can you talk a little bit more about self-sabotage shadows and self-love mm-hmm. kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, we're on this journey. Our, the name of our podcast is radically thriving. Um, Laura's a lot better at self-love and, and her self-talk is way more immaculate than mine. Um, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about self-love and like how we get better there. Cause I imagine that's a good place to start before you talk about entering into a relationship with another human. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to know what immaculate self-love is. That sounds just so luxurious, luxurious. It's like 94%. (laughs) I'm not going to call it perfect, but I I don't know. I, if I could explain to you how I got there, I would have by now, because then I'd be teaching and coaching about it, but Mm. I haven't been able to narrow down what got me to hear quite yet mm-hmm. more to come I love <laughs> Essentially. it Sarah would probably have a better idea <laughs> yeah I definitely have a good idea okay so <laughs> she treats herself like her own best friend mm-hmm. she um doesn't dog on herself repeatedly for a mistake she lets things go and because she's able to do that for herself it means she's able to do it for others without hanging on to resentment. And then it means that the way she talks about others is in a, um, like, I know your heart fairly well, mm-hmm. yeah, but you for the most part, um, she speaks of others with love, grace, and compassion. So there's never like this gross fest where she's talking to me about her other friends or her clients in any sort of mm-hmm. like gross negative way. Um, And then like, I know you talk a bit about drama, like there just isn't a levels of drama Mm -hmm. in your life, but Mm -hmm. for the self stuff, it's like, you're able to catch yourself early when you're into like some too busy, some downward spirals, but in general, even like about your own body talk, you catch yourself early. And I feel like you just have your own back because I find to be like, I'm hard on myself and I tend to break promises to myself and I get into this place where I'm like, I'm a bad mom, I'm a bad wife, I'm a bad friend. And it just like gets grosser. Yeah. Oh, y'all have such a beautiful relationship. <laughs> it's really too bad we're not married to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one um, day. <laughs> so, okay. So I think I just want to debunk a myth, like right off the bat. And we know, we know enough by now, again, like in this community, Instagram, Instagram is, is like this beautiful place of knowledge, right? Like there's a lot of stuff out there and Google, like I Googled the other day, how to find your soulmate. And there were like 42 billion matches. And we know by now, like a cup, maybe a decade ago, something like, like what you just said, Sarah, which is like, Um, you have to love yourself in order to let someone love you like a decade ago, that was revolutionary, but today it's not right. And the, 
difference. Like where I talk about like self-sabotaging patterns and self-defeating, defeating patterns in, in dating, because one of my biggest values that I've realized is to talk about the shit that no one talks about. And we can, you know, it could be any, anything. And I also want to say like anyone listening that is dating, or even if you just kind of want to find out like what your pattern is, I've identified, we can talk about this too, some feminine dating archetypes through like I've identified patterns and somebody can go take this quiz and figure out like, oh, these patterns really are quite normal, right? Mm -hmm. Like these, you know, women don't talk about the shame that they feel like if they sleep with a man on a first or second date, when they really don't want to, I used to, you know, like I put out a post, you probably didn't see it because I don't think we met by then, but three months ago, I put out a post that I slept with two men in one day. And although like very kind of edgy, not really because like, I can't tell you how many people dropped in my DMS and told me, girl, this happened to me. I it's like, I slept with three men in one day. Right. And so all these self-defeating and self-sabotaging patterns, um, are important to recognize because it's less about what we know that we're supposed to be doing, or we like, we try to convince ourselves that we're okay with it. And, you know, especially in the dating world, you know, even my friends, you know, oh, I just want to have something casual. I'm like, I, I see you girl, but I'm going to let you do you. And not to say like, I'm this, this may sound judgy, but I want to get to the depths of what your heart really wants, like what your heart really desires. And I have come from a place of like this progression. And these are all the archetypes. I have come from this like progression of chill woman to fortress woman, where I walled up my heart to goddess woman, where I think I I had it all together and I didn't really need anybody to now today, which is the magnetic woman, which is like what I, I am hopefully. And I teach other women to be so, so sir, can, are you saying from your post three months ago that that was not what your heart wanted and that the women in your DMS that like, what, what do you, I'm, I'm lost. or did your heart want to sleep with two people in one day? Cause I have some friends who are doing that. Yeah, I know. See, so this is where it gets a little, you know, I don't, it's new. Sure. It, it's very nuanced. So I can say from my, from my experience, that experience for me. And I think like, you know, the post said something of like, what I really was seeking was for validation. Mm. I was seeking yeah. love. I was seeking affirmation. I was my own pimp. Right. Pimp, you know, I pimp myself out for these yeah. like fleeting moments of intimacy. Got it. And, you know, and the reason I knew that in, in hindsight, in retrospect was that I would ask them to do things with me that I would want to do. Like quality time is one of my love languages. So like, Hey, you know, we had this, you know, and I was really good at being chill. Like when I say I was good at being chill, like I was not that crazy woman, you know, texting, and, and if you are, that's cool. It actually makes a lot of sense, but I was really, really good at being the chill woman. And, but behind closed doors, I was inviting them to do things. And they, you know, of course, every time I invited him and he said he wouldn't, he didn't show up every time I invited him and he didn't, you know, and he didn't text me back. Right. So that is what I'm saying. I'm saying mm-hmm. that the, what the highest what is the, the highest, our highest need, our highest desire. And it is real. like when we're talking about something like sex, I know it's really hard to kind of, to pinpoint that, right? Because we have very strong parts of ourselves that, that, um, that will speak up and, you know, 
of course I, you know, of course I want sex. Of course I just want to go have a fling. But now I know like this, this is a whole other conversation, right? And y'all know about this probably, but like the biological things that happen to women when we bond and we have sex, it's like really hard to not overthink. Yeah. It's really hard. And people don't talk about this as women. You know, um, I remember that I used to I used to feel powerful because I did kind of have power over him in a way with my, like with my sexuality, but the layers underneath that was that it really wasn't serving me, you know, for my highest good and what I really wanted. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the archetypes. I want to dive deep into what they are because <laughs> we love personality tests and oh, knowing more about yes. ourselves. So Oh yeah. So, um, so the archetypes came through for me, it, you know, was again, one of those like things that just kind of happened, um, after analyzing and doing a lot of healing, um, from my past experience. And what I saw were these like different phases that I went through. And then, um, as I started my coaching business and I started to, to, to see other women go through this, these same phases, um, I was like, there's something there. And then I attached it to a lot of learning that I had learned about um, polyvagal theory, about attachment theory, about internal family systems. So what this is, is like this amalgamation <laughs> of my experience, my client's experience. And, you know, when, if, if we ever get back together in 10 or 15 years on another podcast, I want this approach to be backed by science because this is, you know, it's, it's neuro combined with neuroscience. So it's all things that I've learned and then put into practice and then saw re repeatable results, basically. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's like this foundational thing about the, the experience that single women are going through today is actually very common. You know, again, it's the things that, that people don't really talk about your friends and your family, although very well-meaning and, you know, those groups on Facebook that you post relationship problems, although those people in there are very well-meaning, what it really misses is how we come back to ourselves and how we stay aligned in ourselves through the dating process. And while we are calling in epic love. So that's the foundation. It is oddly it, there's a lot of similarities between like birth coaching and dating coaching. I am. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Like, because that's what we are trying to lead women to do is to lean into their own intuition, to be in the driver's seat for their births and to deeply know themselves so that they don't walk down a path of trauma, which is exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I just got the chills because I do kind of feel like it is a rebirthing, you know, process. Yeah. Um, in whatever, I don't know, it's not coming to me, but I do kind of feel like it's like this, it's almost this like rising of self, like, right. Like you're saying, like rising of intuition, because you're right. Like the same it's, it is so peculiar how the same kind of threads run through, um, you know, women being detached from their intuition, right. Yeah. Women that know that, um, again, like there's this whole thing of like that, know they need more self-love or they know their attachment style, or they know, you know, I don't really, you know, how it would apply to you guys, but when they, when women know things, but it doesn't actualize in real life. And that's what, mm. what's so confusing, right? Like that's, what's so confusing, confusing to the feminine dating experience. And maybe even with the birthing experience. Yeah. Well. And for your clients and our clients, it's Hollywood and media that has set them all wrong. Mm. 
Yeah. Like this illusion of what romantic love should be. Yeah. And then this illusion of what, um, like what birthing should be. Birth yeah. Should be, right. Like yeah. race to the hospital, oh. lay on your back, put your legs in stirrups, push really hard, scream your face off. And then you have a baby. Well, no, it doesn't have to be like that at all. No. Mm. Oh my God. Well, I want to get into the archetypes, but yeah, also, I also want to say, like, talk about Hollywood. I want to say too, that like what I started with, with the beginning was I didn't have the skill to know who to answer or to, to let into my heart. Like having this skill is actually really a skill, right? So it's like almost, it's, it's, it's almost like learning something like playing a piano or um, dribbling a basketball. I didn't learn this because I didn't know I wasn't like, it wasn't my fault. And so anyone listening to this, just because you have not reached an epic love, a magnetic love relationship, it's not your fault because you haven't learned this skill. Like I grew up in an environment where I saw the dynamic between my mother and father, like as a very submissive, um, dominant relationship. And so I learned to be submissive. Mm. Um, other people will grow up in situations where they see a roommate style relationship, right? Where there's not a lot of passion. There's not a lot of emotional intimacy. Maybe all of the needs are taken care of the food that, you know, all of the, the stuff, but emotionally they don't, they don't have a good example. Right. Um, it's also not our fault because all of the, the, the shit in Hollywood that we're, that we're talking about, that is how I learned about love. I didn't, I don't ever remember having a talk with, with my parents. Um, three things in particular come up for me with this Disney, mm. um, Ariel in the little mermaid, Yeah, y'all, Ariel gave up her voice. Mm. <laughs> it's pathetic. Well, I love that movie and it's pathetic. <laughs> gave up her voice, her literal love. voice. So her, the most unique thing about her expression, about her desires, about who she is, she gave that up. So what did I learn from that? I learned self-sacrifice. Oh my gosh. Right. I learned shut up and just be, you know, someone's going to be attracted to you if you're quiet. Right. Wow. So much. Okay. So the next one, what did I learn from pretty woman? Hmm. Pretty woman was a big one for me too. So Richard Gere coming in on the white limo, saving this woman who was out sacrificing, like putting herself in dangerous situations for money, right? He comes in with his money. They fall in love within a week and he comes and rescues her and they live happily ever after, right? Uh, you know? Yeah. So what did I learn from that? I need somebody to save me. Oh, right. I need somebody to save me. The prince on a white limo instead of a white horse. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Richard Gere. Yeah. I don't know if y'all remember this movie, Basic Instinct, but Basic Instinct mm. was when I, where I learned about sex. And I watched that friend that 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 movie with my friend Joelle um probably a thousand times because we were just, <laughs> you know, we were like, as, you know, it's such a dirty movie, especially then. But I learned about, that's how I learned to be sexual. I learned that you uh-huh. had to be dangerous. You had to be mysterious. You had to be, you know, edgy. And I learned how to do that, y'all. And I learned how to do that well, like, mm. well, yeah, right? But what I didn't learn is this, again, the skill to be myself and call in love, mm-hmm. right? To speak my needs, my truths, my desires, to even, like, even, even, 
think that I could have any really at, at that point. Right. So there's, if, you know, if people are seeing like, you know, these self-sabotaging sleeping with men too early overthinking, um, maybe closing up their heart or whatever it is, these patterns, it's not your fault. We just Mm. haven't learned it. We just haven't learned it yet. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's exactly like birth. It is like (laughs) all of our, all of our courses start with what do we need to unlearn here? Yeah. And that's what you're saying. Like, look how much programming you have. Look how much wounding you have. Just growing up in society, watching what you think is benign movies. Mm-hmm. And this is your programming. And now we have to unlearn, pause for a bit, lean in, look into your own intuition and then learn a few things. It's wild. And you're right. It's totally a skill. I'm curious Mm. about, um, you know, you mentioned a few times the masculine, the feminine, and I would say this is a newish concept Mm -hmm. for, for me, like about a year, um, of, of learning to tap into, oh, the, the idea that the, the masculine is a, an energy that can hold and the feminine actually wants to be held. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak more to this? Like, I, I just feel like every time I hear more about the masculine, the feminine, I feel so um, like uneducated. Like, I just really don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I want to, I, I always like to put a caveat in this when, when this comes up, because with me, if someone's listening to this and I want this to land, If someone is listening to this and they take what we're going to talk about in the next, however many minutes and just use that as Bible, it's going to be, it's going to hurt. Mm. It's going to hurt in the long run. And this is why is because I don't, I'm sure y'all have seen, um, you know, there are, there's a lot of teachings out there right now, like on Instagram, a lot of women um, coming forward and teaching about the divine feminine, which is amazing. But from my experience, without doing that, what you're, what you're talking about, which is that inner healing, that groundwork and skipping to, um, to being more quite quote unquote, trying to be more feminine, right. And being less masculine, it's a, it's a bypass and it'll take us down a road of more pain, more hurt, more confusion, more frustration. So I just want to say that and lay that out. Um, and I think that is actually one of the biggest problems right now in the space is that women that hear stop, you know, cause I heard that I heard from my friends when I was dating, um, not exactly don't be, don't be so masculine, be more feminine, but I heard don't go so deep so fast. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I tried to do that. I tried to do that strategy, but that's not who I am. Like I am deep at my core and I'm not saying like go into a date and just overshare, right? Like, and, and, and seek for connection that way, but who I am is really deep at my core. And yes, I would love a man to hold that space for me as I'm kind of, you know, navigating that, that deep. So I kind of just want to say that because it's important. Um, and I, I think I would be doing um, women a disservice if I just said, hey, you just need to be this way because mm-hmm. reading the books, listening to the podcast, trying to be someone that you're not without doing it is actually a re-traumatizing experience, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. That's <laughs> deep. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I work mostly with single and successful women. 
And most single and successful women have had to be in this very masculine oriented energy um, in society, um, maybe in their previous relationships, maybe even in their family. You know, I, my pattern in my family was definitely more of the masculine holding space container. You know, I was the mediator. I was, um, you know, I was the communicator. Um, and this is not something you can just kind of heal in, in a, a small amount of time. Like this took me literally a decade to heal and get through. Um, but what, what I'm realizing through the dating process and what has been confirmed is that the successful women that are out there doing businesses and doing amazing things, following their purpose, all of that stuff is amazing. I'm not diminishing the power that it takes to do that, the drive, the initiative, all of that, all that great stuff. What tends to happen is that energy that we have used to do amazing things in this world and will continue to do that, that energy does not line up with dating, with calling in epic love. And the reason is, is because most of the time, this is going to be triggering, most of the time, that energy is not really our authentic self and our authentic energy. And this is a hard one, right? Because we, you know, we want to be on purpose and we want to, um, you know, there's a lot of, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but there's like a lot of stuff out there about like getting into our femininity within business and actually making that valuable and which is happening. It's a long time coming y'all like 20, 30 years, I think, but it's on the way. So what I've realized is that what it takes is for us to heal the parts of us inside of ourselves that think that vulnerability is weak, that think that if we are quiet, um, you know, and if we like, if we listen and I know, you know, again, listening, it's kind of, that's kind of triggering too, but there are parts of us, especially if we've been in this, like really in this world where we are dominating and all this shit that just came out this week, right? Like people mm. are angry and that's amazing. Um, but there is a way to channel more of a feminine kind of essence, especially when you're, when you're dating. Does that make sense? It's like very broad and top level, but does, does that make sense so far? Yeah. Mm, vaguely. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, we definitely talk a lot about being more feminine in our business mm -hmm. and we pay a lot of attention to our cycles. So we're very much mm -hmm. in flow with our cycles in our business in terms of like, you know, ease when we're bleeding and then into a full mm. energetic magnetic boom when we're ovulating. And luckily mm. we're on the same um, cycle. <laughs> Life is rough. Surprise me. <laughs> I mean, for the first, yeah, we, when, when one of us travels, sometimes it gets off, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah. But in terms of, yeah, I'm like what you talked about before, like I can bring, um, an orderly masculine energy to business. Um, so I don't even fully always know what femininity is. Sometimes when I have this image of like, femininity means like rolling your hips. And I'm like, I have zero interest okay. in doing that okay. today. So, okay. So what you're talking about right now, Sarah, is the goddess archetype that I have. Okay. Mm. And she's named the goddess for a reason. So again, there's this whole thing about what, what that should look like. 
And whether we talk about it or whether we know it or we don't, you know, we're coming into this, this knowing where, um, where we're seeing like something's off, right? We know that like maybe hopefully something's off trying to figure out what the answer is and like things like that on Instagram, get me. And this is exactly what I was saying. It's like completely bypassing what we need to do to heal that in between. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. I'm going to ask you for myself then. Um, (laughs) and I realize this isn't totally like I, so I've been married for 18 years. Um, and obviously I, I love Esther Peral. I don't know if you do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. so she says, you know, you will be in three to four relationships in your life. Sometimes they will be with the same person. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's very true. Brandon and I are in what we call our marriage 2.0, maybe even 3.0. Mm. And it's like, we're learning this whole new way of being together. Um, there's this exploration in me where I'm trying to come back to me and I'm trying to find this more sensual uh, woman and, and feminine woman who, who is, um, who allows herself to be held, but I am struggling with the part around being seen. So if I were to be rolling my hips, let's say in the kitchen and my husband were to come downstairs and see that, that's like a hard no for me. Like that feels like in the, because in the past, that's been something that you do that isn't sensual, it's sexual. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I would do because I want him or I'm enticing Mm -hmm. him or I'm drawing him in. And it's like trying to find, especially now because he works from home, it's like, when and where do I have the space to be on my own, to find my own sensuality? And what is is even the difference between sensuality and sexuality? So that's kind of where like, yeah, I'm struggling. I don't know if you want to say anything about you, but let's dive into that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) She's like, pass. Yeah. So, oh, there's a lot there, right? Um, I would say like, I would want to know why, you know, what, what's the driver for you to be like more feminine? Like what is, what's the, what's the, the why I think like behind this end result that you're looking for? Um, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think I'm looking for, um, more flow and ease in, in myself, less stri- striving and driving, more being, more being a human being than a human doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also trying to just let him be um, good and great at what he's great at and me not trying to always prove it, it, we have this dynamic uh, from our childhoods where he's the good one and I'm the bad one. So I'm always like trying to prove myself. So I think in some of that resting and saying like, it's okay if he's making dinner and I'm reading a book on the front porch, mm-hmm. um, there, there's nothing. And actually it's beautiful. And he's actually super happy. We did it this week. I was day one of my cycle and I was going to go to the base, my kids' baseball games. And I was like, you know what? I'm playing around with this idea of just staying home tonight and sitting on the front porch and reading a book. And I did, I stayed home and I read and then I had a nap and it was glorious. Like it Mm. it was so good. So I I think it's in feeling more into that 
um, that I want more of. And I, I want us to be like, I think my marriage is like one of my highest, like most valuable thing. And we put so much effort into it that I just, I'm always looking for like, how can this feel even better? Yeah. you. That's what I always say. Like I always say, when, once I see this shit, I cannot let it go. Like mm-hmm. I just cannot let it go. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot, you know, um, what's coming up for me is that this, this idea that we've, and this has been cultivated again, like we're talking about a lot of layers on like your experience, your personal unique experience. You know, I just put out a post yesterday about how my, my approach is trauma informed. And I don't know if I've ever seen a dating coach explicitly say that they're trauma informed. And basically what that means to me is that each of our experience matters, you know, the shit that's been layered on, you know, where we grew up, but then all of these other things that have happened to us, you know, in our lives. But I think in general, we as women, like, and and biologically, this makes sense, right? Because like birth is like a very dorsal place. Like if we, if we are still, then we die. Mm. Basically, like, like, give me the depths and I'll go with you. Like, that's basically what it comes when, what it comes down to. So how do we heal that part of ourselves that needs to stay busy to determine our worth, to determine how we are loved, to determine, um, you know, the, you know, all of those, those overthinking thoughts, like I'm being lazy. Oh, I should be helping. You know, you hear him in the other room, like, like, um, rustling around and you want to get up and do it this is the best part about what I do. And this is why I don't know if you're y'all are familiar with internal family systems. It's a therapeutic modality where it basically says that it makes sense of what we say in our daily life, which is, Oh, a part of me wants to get up and, and go help him. But a part of me really, really wants to stay. So that duality within ourselves, what we know now through science and internal family systems is that we are not crazy. That is actually very normal. And so when we do that, that inner healing work, what happens is, is that those parts start to come together. And that's what I, that's what I think of in alignment. And it happens with femininity and it happens in probably in birthing. You don't even realize that you're doing it. Um, It happens, you know, in dating, but it's the same idea where there's a part that, that, that's like really, really determines her worth from staying busy, doing all the things, being super mom. And then there's a part that does really love the rest. And so that healing, that's the gap, right? And a lot of times it's not something that we can do on our own. Um, We can, but it takes a lot longer, Um, you know, like therapy or coach or practitioner. I know you guys know the value of that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But does that, does that help? Cause I think that there's, there's a lot there in being again, like vulnerability is weakness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and th- this is com- has been compounded through years and years and years of our experience. So it's really just kind of like what you're saying, an unlearning and then a relearning of like what's true for us. Mm-hmm. The the like being seen gyrating in the kitchen <laughs> is... Uh... <laughs> gyrating even as a negative connotation to it you need to come to booty yoga okay gyrate in there like a sensual (laughs) hip roll it's not uh yeah yeah, i don't know what what do you think about that part 
Like what, I think, like you're like judging to be yourself. completely, <laughs> well, complete to be completely direct. There's probably something that either, you know, or you don't know that has caused you harm from being seen. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so like, for me, I can, I can completely relate to this because I have not had one man in my life, except a man that I'm dating right now that has not wanted anything, or excuse me, something from me. Yeah. Like has used me as a tool mm-hmm. for, and I let him right. Like there, there was choice, but I didn't know there was choice, but now I do. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the healing, but there has never been a man in my life who hasn't used me as a tool for his validation, his right. affirmation. Right. And so that was something that I, like I needed to heal. And just, again, like, I just, I have to say it, but just hearing this, like, if you're listening to this, um, I love you and hopefully it'll bring some awareness, but it takes like, it takes time and it takes healing and, and within support if you can. Right. So it seems to me like maybe there's something about whether something, you know, or you don't know, or whatever that has been dangerous about you being seen. Mm. Hmm. All right. Thanks. I love that deep food, dive food for thought. Okay. <laughs> I'm going back to the archetypes. If you have time, do you have time? I have about five. Yes. Okay. Can you, if you can't explain the archetypes in five minutes, we will just have oh, you back on. I can go real fast. Okay. I would love to be back on what's actually tends to happen is I actually, we'll talk about this later, but yeah. Um, but if anyone wants to know, y'all can do it too. And kind of just get an idea. Um, dating archetype.com. It's a okay. quiz. Two we'll minutes put it in the show you. notes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. So <clears throat> let's start with the chill woman. The chill woman is really not so chill. You know, she, um, I'm, I don't know if you have friends uh, like this, but she's, uh, tends to have a lot of anxiety and overwhelm with the dating process, uh, especially after 24, 48 hours mm-hmm. of not hearing from, from like overthinking, um, the chill woman, the reason she's called the chill woman, and there are a lot of other kind of components to this, but I'm just doing a really brief one. The reason that she calls, she's called the chill woman is because she accepts men that just want to hang out and chill. She accepts, um, men that are, that say, uh, oh, let's, you know, let's just hang out and see what happens. And she thinks that she can deal with this, but what ends up happening almost every time nine, 99% of the time is that it, she ends up getting attached and she ends up getting her heart broken. Um, so that's the chill woman. And she really, I, like, I know this woman. Well, I yeah. am thinking yeah. of a friend of mine. Yes. Who is single, who is this person? Yes. It's great. It's very common. Yeah. Um, very, very common. And again, like, yeah, I don't know since I put these, since I got this download about six months ago, this shit has been blowing up. So it's yeah. super, super common. Um, the fortress woman, the fortress woman has the wall, the size of the great wall of China around her heart. She is not letting anyone in when I was in, when I was a fortress woman, I can tell you, this is hilarious because I put on my vision board, um, a picture of a dope ass house on the beach with like a thousand rescue dogs alone, (laughs) no partner. Like that was enough love for me. So the fortress woman has a really, really hard time trusting others when she's dating. She's like super, super judgy. Um, she'll break it off real quick, delete real quick. Um, I, when I was the fortress woman, I had a big problem with, with, um, uh, um, grammar. Like if he had bad grammar, he was gone. 
<laughs> you know, which again, not a bad thing. And we can, you know, people are going to be like, well, that's not so bad. What I'm saying is like, what's the energy? Like, this is about energy, right? Like if you want a mag magnetic, epic love, it's about energy. It's about how you like, it's what I aspire to be, you know, is a magnetic woman, which is the last archetype about 80% of the time I give myself like you, Laura, I give myself like 20% of, of compassion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so that was the fortress woman. I skipped to the magnetic woman, which is again, like what I teach my clients to be, what I aspire to be, what I want ever y'all. I, I, I'll, I'll put, I need to change my bio, but I put this out there a couple of weeks ago that I want to help 1 million people find love by the time I die. Right. And wow. this will change the world because this magnetism is about authenticity. It's about self. It's about speaking our needs and desires. So I'm like skipping all around because I'm getting excited. <laughs> but so we went fortress woman and now we're at the goddess woman, which we talked about a little bit. So the goddess woman, she's done the work she's done. Like she's um, she knows about the feminine and masculine polarity thing that's going on but she's still super confused by love. Like her outward perception, her IG, her yoga and her hiking and her beach pictures, all of that stuff is very, very different persona than what she's experiencing in her dating mm. life. She has a big need. The goddess woman has a big need for a quote unquote conscious relationship, but she doesn't really know exactly what that is and what that means for her. She's attached to that letter that she wrote to her soulmate. She's attached to the qualities, but again, like the actuality, like this is, this was the last step for me. You know, this is kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's in a, it's progressive, um, at least for me and people can jump all around or have little bits and pieces, you know, connect with them. But the goddess woman um, really has a hard time letting go of perfectionism and control. And so that is a big place for her to heal. And then the magnetic woman, again, is where uh, I believe the world is going to and where I would love to see magnetic men and magnetic woman, women having epic love, having magnetic, extraordinary love, not the roommate style love, y'all, but the, the love where we are all fully expressed, we are fully enhanced, um, and we're just, you know, all pursuing our purposes basically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Um, can we go back to the part where in the beginning you said it 10 years ago, you had to love yourself before others could love you. And you said, that's not true now. Can you mm. talk about that? Um, of course it's true. Um, but it's not, I think it's not as revolutionary. I don't think as as it was then as it is today, right? Because what people are doing is they're not defining what self-love means to them, right? Like self-love, um, you know, I don't know, it can be taking a bath, right? But does a bath really, really- um, Heal you? Yeah, or like, yeah. you know, yeah. is that what you want? I remember like, I used to go get my nails done because, oh, you know, like, um, it's, you know, it's self-love and all this stuff, but I hated the act of getting my, my nails done. Like I hate sitting in a chair that long. It was too loud. It was just, I was sweaty. It was just not good. Right. So that's what I mean is that we've taken away a lot of things that have really kind of lived in our, they're living in our head, like these concepts, like mindset, you know, you just got to have a good mindset or change your thoughts, change your life. 
But what's new, um, maybe this is the question, but what is new in like science, you know, with polyvagal theory and all this stuff that I kind of combine into my approach is that it's not really the changes that we want and, and like the epic fulfillment that we want in real, in our real life doesn't come from our head. It comes from our body. It comes from our embodiment our embodiment of what self-love means, our embodiment of what divine femininity means, you know, and, 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 you know, deeper into that. And, um, what we know now, like, um, Bessel van der Kolt's book, uh, the body keeps a score is that 80% of our, of the information that we get, um, determine it's from our body, right? That's a heavy book, man. Whoa. Oh man, that's my, that's my jam. Yeah. But like, so 80% of what we do, what we say, what we think, what we believe comes from what our body is sensing. Mm-hmm. And this is not something that we can control. The mind we've been taught that we can control. But what we know now is that only 20% of what actually happens in our life is comes from the thoughts that we quote unquote, try to control. So that's, that's the rub right now. Mm-hmm. That's the rub It's coming back into healing within ourselves. So we connect our mind and our body, which, you know, like that, that, that really immaculate self-love and that, that, um, self-coaching that has happened over time. It probably mm-hmm. hasn't always been that way, Mm-mm. right? No. Like yeah. that's what happens is your mind and your body, they connect. And that's what, you know, that's what intuition is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I feel like I we could talk to you for I know. six hours, but I, I want to respect your time. I have one more quick question. We always end the podcast with, if you were to put anything on a billboard, what would it say? Ooh, uh, what's co- I have a lot of little sayings, but what's coming to me is uh, where there's drama, there's trauma. Ooh, Ooh I love that. That's so good. <laughs> that's great. Thank you so much for being with us today. It was oh. so nice to see your face, Lily. And we are yes. going to book a flight to Phoenix as soon as possible. <laughs> yes. So nice to meet y'all. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs> we would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show, you can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too. Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.